And we're live. Greetings, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm Joe Fulgham. Uh, joining me, uh, as usual, is Dr. Rob Tarswell. Torn Atkinson is stuck in a car right now. I think he's going to try to make it uh, in. Our guest tonight is Dr. Greg Rose, who's returning for his second visit with us. Uh, and as uh, usual, I will note here that viral transmission is supported in part by the BC Humanist Association. You can learn more about them at bchumanist.ca. Uh, I'll add again, as I do every time. They're good people. Uh, we're really happy to be supported by them. Uh, so, Rob, we're doing Mask Apocalypse tonight. That's the big story, I think. That's right. So, uh, there's a lot. We're going to talk about masks tonight. Big focus on masks and some of the disinformation floating out there about masks. And, and one of them that we can actually empirically test is do masks cause reduced oxygen or what we could call hypoxia? And what I have here, this is a device called an oxygen saturation tester. And what it tests is your percentage of oxygen saturated hemoglobin, because hemoglobin is the molecule in your red blood cells that carries oxygen. Mm -hmm. And you have two kinds. You have um, oxygenated and deoxygenated, because once it gets rid of its oxygen at the cells and then comes back, that's deoxygenated. And because these have slightly different properties we can measure their ability to block red light and infrared light oxygenated hemoglobin prefers one frequency one frequency is blocked another one passes through deoxygenated hemoglobin it absorbs the other frequency and lets the first frequency pass through so it's you just figure out the you know, percentage hmm. of transmission then run a simple calculation and it tells you what percentage of your blood is saturated and this is the number one tool we use to determine whether a patient is hypoxic or not okay and so you can get this in london drugs so i'm going to turn this on here this is my baseline oxygen saturation that's a big 97 97 that's the percent so 98 percent right now this is pretty typical we're near sea level um i'm probably like literally you know seven stories above sea level because false creek is across the street and that other number that's moving up and down, the smaller number, that's my pulse. We can ignore that. But can everyone see that nice 98 there? Yep. Yeah, so, 98. Yeah, and that's that's a very typical. Anything above 92 is considered normal for clinical purposes. So I'm within a normal range here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a mask on, and then every few minutes um, I'm going to measure my saturation, and then I'm going to put on another mask and measure my saturation <laughs> after a few minutes. And then I'm going to put on another mask. And measure my saturation and we will see what happens to my blood oxygen levels while we're talking about masks mask evidence and all the latest coronavirus developments with our infectious prevention and control specialist dr greg rose so now we've got a 98 here pretty well established so i'm going to put on a mask and We'll measure that again in a few minutes, but of course I'm going to, you know, use proper hand hygiene before putting that mask on. This is an alcohol sanitizer, and this is something you should be doing before you put on a mask, and especially after you take off a mask or adjust a mask. You know, if you touch, we ideally we don't want you to touch your mask when you're out there checking out the radishes at Safeway, but mm -hmm. sometimes you just unconsciously scratch your nose. If you think of it, don't get hard on yourself. Just pull out the alcohol cleanser, mm -hmm. and then you can fondle the cucumbers. 
Yeah, when you have to adjust out the 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 what I heard was try to adjust it by the straps that you've got on the side. Yep. You can touch exactly. these. And then here we go. And the nose piece is on. All right. So this uh, mask was made by my good friend Sarah Duick, who has taken up the cause of just making cloth masks and distributing <laughs> to the downtown east side. This is a Star Trek themed mask, which she made by special request for me. <laughs> and um, let's see what, what let's see what this does to my to my blood oxygen. So Greg, welcome back to the show. Good to have you back. Um, Good to be back. Of, yeah, I mean, this, um, unfortunately, there's lots of news in the world of coronavirus, and uh, our big theme tonight is masks, but of course, there's also a lot going on in the U.S. with the big recrossing of the 30,000 cases per day threshold just past today, I believe, so, um, but fortunately so far, no parallel spike in fatalities, but that might just be lagging by a few days, perhaps you could kind of tell us a bit about that. Um, so why don't you kind of give us the kind of the, the global update as you understand it, and then let's just go from there right into masks, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, our American cousins have been uh, uniquely hard hit, I think, in, in going into something of a second wave before they ever really exited their first wave. Um, if you look at the data from the United States, especially I like to look at it in visual form, and we look at the number of cases uh, per day, they rose up to a peak in, er, in early April. They came down to their lowest level in late May, and then they've been rising back up again. And we haven't really seen that um, to that degree in any other jurisdiction, and it's actually quite curious. Um, many of the hardest hit countries prior to the United States, Italy quite famously, Spain, uh, Germany, France, they got over their first wave, they got their numbers down very, very low, and they've had occasional, um, uh, occasional blips, uh, but nothing quite so sustained as what's happened in the United States. And to be honest with you, I think the idea of the masks plays into it. You still have a great degree of... Uh, of compliance with social distancing measures in many of the countries that have been uh, very hard hit. Um, and in, indeed, uh, the more strict the restrictions on travel and socialization, um, the more successful they control. Uh, the United States, of course, is a country built on individual freedoms as a, as a foundational tenant. And I think this has actually uh, played into the response of the American public to things like staying at home, wearing masks in public. And you get a lot of pushback against the idea that wearing a mask is potentially beneficial. So it's important to talk about why it's beneficial. I, I think one of the things we run into here and one of the reasons why people might be reluctant to wear masks is we, the, the infection control and public health uh, uh, folks of particularly North America have done a very bad job in, in talking about masks over the last several months. And people will rightly point out that the messaging has changed very dramatically. In the Canadian context alone, in February, we were saying at, a, at a, uh, a federal level, you shouldn't be wearing masks in public. In March, we were saying, well, you can wear them if you want to. In April, it was, well, maybe it's helpful. And then in May and June, it's, you probably should be wearing a mask in public. And we haven't gotten to the point, of course, where it's mandatory at the legal level, although some businesses have made it mandatory to enter their premises. And I think what you're seeing there is a very honest response to competing pressures. In February, we were very, very worried that we were going to run out of supplies. 
We're actually still kind of worried about running out of supplies, to be honest with you. But in February, the concern was if we say you should be wearing a mask in public, people were going to be buying up, grabbing, stealing, which unfortunately, uh, uh, stealing of other supplies was happening, including gloves and hand hygiene, uh, uh, alcohol gel. Yeah. Uh, we were worried that we were going to lose procedure masks. The the uh, medically uh, regulated um, uh, masks that we would wear for doing surgery, for example, or doing minor procedures in hospital, otherwise called a rated mask. Um, and we focused a lot on that. And there's a lot of reasons why masking is not a panacea. It's not necessarily going to be the thing that fixes the spread of COVID. We were concentrating on the reasons not to do it in February because we were trying to get people not to panic buy masks the way they were panic buying toilet paper. Happily, as your friend has demonstrated with that very stylish mask, uh, we creating cloth masks is actually something that can be done um, and can actually spur uh, uh, the creation of, uh, of uh, um, PPE, um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, inventory here in Canada. Um, creating masks is a relatively simple thing to do. A skilled uh, seamstress or uh, tailor can do that relatively easily and they can be beneficial. It's been mentioned, I think, in a number of sources that we've had new data over the last few months about the efficacy of masks in control of uh, COVID-19. And I, I would say we probably don't have a lot of absolutely spanking brand new data. Most of the studies that look at how well cloth masks work are actually, you know, at least a few years old and they would be uh, used in the context of things like influenza and even the SARS virus. Uh, but we do know that masks accomplish two different things to one degree or another. One is what we would call out, uh, inward protection. So I wear a mask to protect my nose and my mouth from uh, uh, contracting uh, whatever the infection is I'm trying to avoid. So protecting me. Mm -hmm. And we know in a situation like that, that a cloth mask is not as effective as a rated surgical mask. So those are the uh, rectangular ones that you see at the hospital with the... Uh, wire uh, piece, and probably uh, uh, even less so, uh, not as effective as the N95 respirator, which is the much more dense uh, uh, filtration mask. Um, but in addition to inward protection, masks also serve as outward protection. So keeping my uh, uh, respiratory uh, particles, my droplets, from spreading out from my mouth. And that's really where we've uh, been trying to focus the messaging since, uh, 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 since at least uh, uh, the start of April, is that wearing a mask will keep your uh, uh, secretions in and from spreading to other people. Cough catchers, you can call them as, as well. And the data on those date back actually uh, over 100 years because, of course, we've been using cloth masks or we're using cloth masks in the surgical context since the early 20th century in an uh, effort to keep surgeons uh, respiratory droplets from inside the otherwise sterile parts of the body that they would be operating on a lot of the data that support the, the use the of surgeon. i hmm? can i can only imagine the fights that the surgeons put up over oh, my. oh and hey it's it's been a few minutes oh, it's time. time yeah the time to measure okay the number's gonna pop up here it comes what is my oxygen so saturation? sorry that you're doing this to yourself What's that? I'm so sorry you're doing this to yourself, all this damage you're doing to your body by wearing this mask. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 97. Wait, wait. 97, I think it was a 90. Oh, there's 98, 98. again. 98. Okay, never mind. Don't call the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. I know. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that we can we can make this happen, right? We can we can actually demonstrate a medical effect here. So I'm going to have to, like, put on mask number two. 
first. So this is a hygiene. rated procedure mask. Yeah, I wanted to mix cloth masks with uh, rated masks. Oop. Let's get that back up there over the nose. And, uh, yeah, so let's get this procedure mask here. Get the wire bent so you can't say I'm cheating by letting the air escape. Let's pull that down. All right. So carry on, Greg. Now, I have to say, uh, if I were to see you wearing that in my hospital, I would uh, ask you to uh, have one mask on at a time. There is no greater <laughs> benefit to, uh, to the mask sandwich, uh, as it's sometimes called. And we've definitely seen people doing that, um, especially when uh, there was quite a lot of concern o over um, what uh, was a poorly understood mechanism of transmission. We saw quite a lot of healthcare workers who would have the, uh, the mask sandwich on with some combination of an N95, a cloth mask, and a rated procedure mask. Hmm. Not necessary for the most part. However, for the purpose of uh, uh, of demonstrating the safety, that's why you're doing it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is not something that you should try at home, kids. I'm a qualified <laughs> professional, and uh, I'm willing to risk my life for you to prove to you that... Um, well, that I'm just an attention-seeking jerk. Now, Marilee is there in case you go unconscious, right? <laughs> she is there, yeah. But if, you know, if I go unconscious, then everything I understand about physiology I, I know. Is, is desperately wrong, and I need to just resign my medical license if that happens. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really sad that we're going to find that out this way with you going unconscious. Hey, Torrance here. Hi. Welcome to the How's show. How's the experiment going? Well, I've just put on my second mask. Um, my, my blood ox my oxygen saturation is 98% without a mask. It's between 97 and 98% with one mask, and so I've just put on mask number two. Normal oh. is anything above 92. So let's see okay. what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> double the double the mask. Wow. Okay. First. Uh, we're not we're not done yet, baby. Okay. Yeah. We got more to come. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, yeah. there can be adverse effects from. Uh, <laughs> so there can be adverse effects from wearing a, a masks, but or actually more appropriately, really from wearing the N95 respirator. Yeah. And this was part of the messaging that was being pushed in in February and March as well. Wearing an N95 respirator, a fitted N95 respirator for prolonged uh, periods of time, you know, we're talking six to eight hours, the way people were doing when they were working during the SARS uh, mini pandemic can be associated with two things. One is it can cause actually irritation of the skin around the seal of the, uh, of the N95. And there are a variety of ways that health professionals deal with that. Um, there are a number of products that can actually protect the skin and, and can help to uh, recuperate from what is, uh, the technical term is irritant dermatitis, or basically irritation of the skin leading to, uh, leading to a rash. The other thing though is you're measuring your oxygen from what you're inhaling, but there's also, of course, the carbon dioxide, which you're exhaling. And prolonged wearing of an N95 respirator, not the masks you have on, but an N95 respirator, uh, can actually cause some rise in, in carbon dioxide, not to dangerous levels, but enough to give people kind of uh, uh, a feeling of being a bit tired, a bit cranky. And that's usually after several hours of wearing it, again, as we were having to do back in 2003. Otherwise, masks are pretty darn safe. Feeling okay? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, a very mundane experiment so far. <laughs> yeah. Disappointingly, disappointingly mundane. Um, we'll, we'll wait a couple more minutes and then I'll check my saturation. Maybe, maybe some good things are happening with the numbers. I feel like if you put a few more masks on, we're not going to be able to hear you and understand any of the words you're saying. 
So there are other benefits as well, obviously. <laughs> oh, snap! Oh, I think we just found our new co-host. <laughs> Tarswell, you're out. It's all right. All Tarswell right. will be out, out unconscious soon because he's wearing all these masks. We'll have to replace him. Time, it's time to measure some oxygen. Here we go. Dun, da, da, da. With two masks. Dun, da, da, da. How two close masks. to unconsciousness will oh. Dr. Rob be? Still a 98. Bloody hell. It hasn't changed at all. Now, Are you trying to tell me, Rob, that random dopes on the internet know less about masks and oxygen and health than a doctor does? This doesn't make oh. sense to me. Well, let's hey, find out. I mean, random. It, it, let's find <laughs> out. It, you know, it's just um, maybe I just haven't, I haven't got enough of a dose yet. That's My right. mask dose is too low. We have to overdose on masks. You've got to overdose on masks. So let's see what happens here. You've got this too is... far. You're crazy. This is insane. This reminds me. Three. This reminds this is... me of caustic soda. When I can't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about people being suffocated by a pillow, which you would see a lot in movies where they'd shove a pillow into people's faces to suffocate them. And I was like, you can't. I've had people shove a pillow in my face. You just calm down and breathe. You're fine. And I, I'm pretty sure somebody did it, like actually tried to suffocate me with a pillow. And I just went, <sighs> just breathe through the pillow just fine. And like, and a pillow is like what? A hundred masks? I'm sure you'll be okay. But were they trying to kill you? I'm, I think it was Kevin, so yes. <laughs> Good, good response episode of caustic soda was alcohol which <laughs> you also may only have fragmentary memories of i yeah i don't remember the second half of that episode and it's too bad we lost the outtakes because that was, <laughs> that shit was gold we could have sold those dvds lost lost yeah yeah uh yeah if you ever if it, this is not the, the the topic we're talking about now but if you ever want to find a reason to quit drinking record yourself getting really really drunk and you'll just be like, oh, I don't want to be that guy anymore. <laughs> now I'm not going to get drunk anymore. <laughs> it's been, what, seven years now? Worked for wow. me. That's a while. Yeah. That's a while. 2013. That's... I thought it was really fun just giving you guys tasks from the uh, Montreal Cognitive Assessment. That was my favorite part of the show. Uh I've actually thought the only reason I would get drunk again is to kind of do another episode like that, like only okay. for the that. But I would have to like it would have to pay me for the recovery time, because now that now that there's video, I could like add things like, okay, Joe, I want you to kind of copy these two pentangles. Okay, now Joe, draw me a clock and <laughs> yeah, yeah, then and the then, really good stuff. Happens. And because it's cool on YouTube, I would react to something while drunk because that's also a thing. Uh, and then yeah. we have you sober reacting to yourself drunk. Yeah, which is just oh, yeah. <laughs> turtles, turtles, reactions yeah, all the way down. Just reactions all the way down. That's what the internet's going to yeah. become. Yeah. So I think it already has. Yeah, it's that's that's all YouTube's been recommending me lately is reaction videos. Reaction videos. Here's here's somebody you don't know reacting to something that you like. You will enjoy this, and they're not wrong. It's terrible. The algorithm is, um, it's, it's, it's viciously it's, good. It's been discovering stuff. Like, I honestly, like, when I say it that way, here's somebody you don't know reacting to something you like, you will enjoy it. 
I think that's a human trait. Like, that's why I want to show all the TV shows I like to my, you have to watch the show I like, right? But now people are like, you don't know me, but I will watch the thing that you like so that I get that now. I'm sorry, we had a little segue there. Uh, let's get back to you suffocating from masks. Uh, I mean, I think I'm doing okay here so far. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of masks on this desk, so you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to make, we're gonna make okay. something happen here. Okay. Uh, but, back, but back to um, the masking, and uh, you were saying that there's actually been some, I guess, to use a technical term, some piss-poor messaging that has led mm -hmm. to significant confusion and I guess, well, I don't have to guess, this we see very delayed uptake on mask use by the general public. So yeah. can you kind of riff on that? And how much oh, of a difference do you think masks make in terms of getting the, the R0 from a pandemic down to an end and below an endemic level, down below a one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, as a general comment, I would say there's been two pandemics over the last four months. One of them is the virus itself, and the other one has been a wave of uh, missing information, misinformation, disinformation, and honest disagreement over information, which has been uh, problematic, I think, for many, many people, because we don't often present science to people as something that is uh, a, a matter of discussion and and, uh, and comprehension and uh, and practical application of. But really, medicine, in a lot of respects, is is an applied science. We're taking uh, basic science techniques and we're trying to practice uh, make them practical for uh, for people. And there's a lot of discussion that goes into that. So you know the pros and cons of wearing a mask. On the one hand, you're going to reduce the amount of uh, uh, virus uh, and, and other actually other potentially infectious uh, organisms being spread into the environment. You're protecting your uh, mucosa. That's a benefit, but the drawbacks are it could irritate your skin. It's hot on a hot day. Um, could be using the supply up, which is certainly our major concern in February. So balancing out these, uh, these competing priorities is part of what we're supposed to be doing. And it creates sometimes shades of gray that the public really is not comfortable with, particularly when people take those shades of gray and they then uh, take them to the extremes or they, they in, in any other way kind of binomialize them into I'm completely right um, and you're completely wrong, which is unfortunately uh, one of the major trends of information in, in the, the Internet era. So, you know, I, I've got colleagues who've been saying since uh, since January, we must all be masking all the time. And they feel that they are quite vindicated now that the, that is actually the message is the public should be masking uh, when they're in, uh, when they're they're uh, interacting. And I've got people who basically feel that we've gone the wrong direction in recommending masks. It's interesting, um, you know, I, I'm I'm based in Ontario, uh, the uh, Public Health uh, uh, Agency of Ontario (PHO) actually still has a statement about the uh, evidence behind mask wearing, essentially along the lines that there is no uh, large uh, randomized control trials that really support the use of masks. Now, randomized control trials are the top level of evidence in medicine, and they're right. In fact, uh, I, I've just recently submitted a, uh, a, a, a systematic review of randomized control trials of cloth masks, and there really isn't a whole lot out there. There's really one, um, and it's oh, not. Oh, so it's a short review. <laughs> well, we threw in a couple of other things as well. Okay. You have to... All right. You have to flesh it out a little. I mean, there's, sure. but there, are, there, are, there are other types of data. You just have to be a little bit more careful how you use them. Right. Um, it, it's true, though. Um, however, I always, in these situations, I like to think of a, uh, of 
an absolutely beautiful, one of the best papers in all of medicine on any subject was a systematic review that was published in the December 2003 edition of the British Medical Journal, and Rob may already know the one I'm talking about. It was a systematic review looking for randomized control trials of the use of parachutes to avoid major trauma when jumping from airplanes. And as it turns out, there is not a single RCT demonstrating that parachutes <laughs> are beneficial when you're jumping from high altitude. Nonetheless, we use them. Um, so while, while RCTs definitely have a, a very, very well-valued place in medicine, not everything we do is, is informed by them. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, we've been using cloth masks in a surgical context for over 100 years. Uh, I believe actually Baron Lister introduced that in the 1880s in Scotland. We've been using, we're using cloth masks in the context of the Spanish flu pandemic 100 years ago. This is not a new thing. Except for the anti-mask league. This is, again, this is not a new thing. The government is trying to control me and trying to make me uh, wear this uncomfortable mask. Yeah, you know, a phenomenon called mask madness. And there was a, a delightful account in a newspaper of a young woman who went into hysterics at getting off the train and seeing people on the platform in masks. And medical men were absolutely convinced that the cause of her uh, nervous uh, disorder was the sight of all these masks <laughs> no. so they were very worried about the psychiatric effect of masks a century ago <laughs> well and actually i mean you would know this better than i would as you are a psychiatrist but there are you know there are those downsides as well to mask use there are certain segments of uh, of either the the medical population or the non-medical population where a mask could potentially be an issue um if you're trying to develop a one-on-one -on -one rapport with a patient and they have some form of uh, a, a delusional disorder or perhaps they have uh, um, they've got alzheimer's or some other dementing disorder wearing a mask on your face potentially could actually cause them to react poorly as it is somewhat dehumanizing not being able to see a portion of the face this yeah. is a major concern for uh, for uh, uh, teachers as they go back to school if they have to wear opaque masks that cover their mouths there are probably children that are going to react to that in a, in a stressed fashion and probably not going to interact as well. Um, so in fact, one of the big discussions uh, as people get gear up to hopefully having something like a normal school year starting in September is what teachers perhaps should be wearing rather than a face mask would be a clear face visor. And there's a lot of advantages to that too. Or, or there's an industry out there for getting a print of the bottom of your face on your mask hmm. the mouth which, would move. which is yeah it would be, it'd be very un, it's very uncanny valley and then it's a little yeah it's it's pretty creepy i've seen the pictures rob you are really muffled now <laughs> like so, <laughs> so, 98. 98. so so sound can barely get through but oxygen can just fine well it's like i say like small molecule that's freely diffusible across permeable membranes well it's almost like that when you inhale and you take a lung full of oxygen where do they think that that is coming like do they think that you're only breathing in what is inside like that, this is becoming a balloon. You breathe out, 
and there's a big bunch, there's a lung full of carbon dioxide, and then you breathe it in again. It's not true. It all eventually leaks out, and then you breathe it in again. You're still, the only difference is you that pull that you have to do might be slightly harder to fill your lungs. But that's, you're still filling your lungs with air from around you. That's, that's why this seems so ridiculous to me that people make these claims. Like, you're, you're not, your mask isn't a fishbowl astronaut helmet. You're you're not you're not uh, who's the freaking no, Toy Story yeah. uh, character? This one's mask number four. I'm quite <laughs> proud of this mask. This is a mask made by Mary, my darling spouse, and um, it looks it looks like a rainbow of I don't know cereal or Skittles or something. Is, is that tie dyed? It is not tie dyed. Kind of okay. It is. Uh, once I get it tied on, I'll be able to hold. Oh still. well, knowing merrily, is it My Little Ponies? It is My Little oh, Ponies. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It would be either that or Pokemon's. Yeah, she's much oh, more yeah. a My Little Pony person, though. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Now, when it was further away, your camera just made it look like blotches of color. But yeah, it's totally. Sure. <laughs> so we got four masks on, and like these ones, these last two are masks that tie, right? So I don't have like the little cheat flaps here. I've got the uh, the nose pieces crimped down, right? So there's no escaping this. This is this is we're we're now we're deep into Houdini territory here. Nice. Can this oxygen can it penetrate these four layers of mask, including a medical procedure? Mask? Well, no, you're doomed. We're mixing my, it all in. My, my guess, based on that, you need oxygen. Well, you need air of some type in order to make those vocal sounds that you're producing. Is yes, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean in theory i suppose i could put on enough masks and actually obstruct my airway but at that point that's not really a a mask issue per se anymore <laughs> yeah that's yeah even even awesome. then like literally like all you'd need is like a tight like a a straw stuck here to get in enough airway to yeah. yeah but then i'm defeating the mask That's so true. you know this the the demonstration here is you know <laughs> can i get my oxygen saturation below 98 for okay. the love of god can i get it below 98 yeah and how so far, many no masks will it take before you can't physically get them around your head or yeah over your ears? I, I think we're gonna need to keep this experiment going until you pass out like do we have a <laughs> hundred masks That's right. like can we, we have this much mask on your style. face we've got material here <laughs> okay we've got it material. is more mask than man at this point <laughs> <laughs> more mask than <laughs> uh, oh that was a sinister is, laugh this is like how many licks it gets to the center of the tootsie pop except it's <laughs> like how many masks does it take for rob to pass out and i'm way more invested in this than the tootsie pop thing okay cool. pass out pass out we're gonna be here all night though aren't we well, it's good to feel isn't it, Rob? <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's sort of like you know, this is my really ultra benign middle aged version of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I could see uh, Bam Margera or, or Johnny Knoxville doing that with you know garbage bags rather than masks. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, of course. <laughs> this plastic bag won't stop. <gasps> I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. This is Asphyxia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except they would just do it. Have they Have they asphyxiated themselves? They probably have. They've probably knocked themselves out. 
well, lack of oxygen. Certainly, at some point. They've they've done things involving helmets and excrement. So, you know, they've they've definitely trended in that direction. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh. The shows the shows of our young adulthood. Where are they now? Where are they now? There's still a, I, I saw Steve O on Hot Ones, uh again speaking of YouTube. Uh it was What's Hot Ones, is that where you drink spicy peppers or something? Uh you're pretty close. Hot Ones, it's a it's an interview show where while you're being interviewed you eat progressively more right. hotter spicier hot wings. And they do hot have wings. a vegan option option as well. And the the host eats them along with you. Uh, at the end, it's like uh, nuclear insanity with rage sauce or something. Like it's right. it's it's great because you get to watch uh, people who are famous and living decent lives being interviewed, but being punished while it happens. <laughs> so it feels really good to watch them have to put through put up with that in order to get their you know exposure boost to their already good careers. Uh, I love it. It's hot ones on YouTube. This. Does Steve-O still have a tattoo of Steve-O on <laughs> yes. his Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His stories were... He just had more dumbass stories about the dumb shit he's done. I can't even remember what they talked about on Hot Wings. But, yeah. It was more... I remember watching the episode and going, this guy is almost 50 now, I think. What is he doing? Yeah. What is he... So, uh, Greg, just to kind of come back to... You know the thing that we usually talk on about on the show, which is the the, the coronavirus. You said you might have some comments for us on uh, current trends in model. Hmm. Would you please yeah. uh, regale us? I find it really interesting because you know I mentioned uh, in the states they never really exited their first wave before their second wave mm -hmm. seemed to be upon them, and we right. haven't really been running into that to the same degree in Canada. There have been little, uh, uh, little spikes uh, after Quebec opened up its schools. It had a, a little spike in, in transmission amongst their students. Um, and that's with actually a fairly limited, uh, uh, um, it, it was only the French language schools. And even then, only about 50% of the students actually enrolled. Um, so certainly any time you open up society, um, you, you're going to risk that kind of thing. We saw in, in Ontario a little spike about two weeks after Mother's Day weekend because a lot of people would go visiting um, in an unprotected fashion. And actually, you know, that, that remains, good as masks are, um, avoiding people remains the most effective way of uh, mm -hmm. avoiding COVID. Um, so physical distancing. Physical distancing. Come true. Yes. As a person who loathes uh, highway traffic, I, I actually, uh, there, were, there were times in March I was thinking to myself, geez, this isn't half bad. But uh, um, yeah. We, in my neck of the woods, in Ottawa, we really haven't had much of a, a second wave at all. We had a very big early community wave, and then we had a long-term care facility wave in late April, and both of those were dying down by late May. We've been single digits now for the better part of, actually, almost four weeks in, in Ottawa now. And it, people have been asking me, why is that? Uh, I think at least one of the major reasons is there's basically two industries here, government and IT, both of which um, have very well-developed work-from-home policies. Mm -hmm. So we're really not getting that kind of 40 hours a week in people's faces kind of thing. You know, uh, people have been pointing out to me, if you look at the public spaces, people are gathering. They're at the beaches. They're at, uh, um, they're at the parks. And uh, they're, they're not really um, physically distancing the way they should be. And that's true. But none of these things is, like, is a, uh, a black and white. If you are within six feet of somebody, you're definitely going to get COVID. 
each interaction person to person is a roll of the dice. Um, and the more interactions and the more time you spend in the, the presence of a person who potentially has uh, COVID, uh, the more often you're rolling the dice and the more likely you are to have transmission. So anything that cuts that down, anything that, that reduces those probabilities, even if it's not 100%, it's going to be helpful. And this is, again, why the masks are so useful. A cloth mask is not 100% for outward protection or inward protection. However, for outward protection, it's probably in the 80s. In terms of reduction of uh, uh, of spread of uh, sorry for outward protection, it's probably in the 90s. In terms of avoiding spreading your own respiratory uh, secretions, and for inward protection, it's probably in the 80s. And that really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. So as we look to reopening society, doing it in a fashion where we're going to be wearing masks, and we're still going to be trying to keep our six foot distance, and we're going to be doing hand hygiene, um, all of these things, even if they're imperfectly done, um, done more often than not, they're going to reduce that likelihood of spread. And I think we are seeing the benefits of that in Canada in a way that has not been seen in the States. And again, I think there's a difference between moving towards greater social freedom and completely abandoning uh, uh, social distancing and control measures. So yeah, um, America, like Sweden, is kind of holding itself forward as a control population for the Here's what happens if you just act as if it doesn't exist, or at least if large percentages of the population act as yeah. if it doesn't exist. Yeah. That, that is, is the... like, how much does it take for that to happen, I wonder? Like how many, how many oh. percentage of the people not, not, you know, just not addressing any concerns for it to, like... I, I am hey. not an uh, expert on, uh, uh, on politics. Um, although I follow them as closely as anyone else, but I think you can draw a pretty good graph of correlation between rejecting expert advice and um, and support for leaders who themselves reject expert advice. And I would say that right. uh, the president of the United States, the president of Brazil, these are leaders that have acted in, in a fashion and they have made public statements that uh, uh, erode public confidence and understanding of, uh, of the science behind uh, uh, control measures mm-hmm. and I think I, I think you're seeing that I think there's a, a, a portion of uh, of any population that are um, they're going to take things on authority to a greater degree and if that authority is telling them you don't need to wear a mask you don't need to avoid uh, uh, public places you don't need to worry about this infection it's no worse than the seasonal flu etc cetera, etc cetera. they're going to take that on faith because they don't have the um, the tools to to be able to, uh, to to wade their way through that that kind of stew of of partial and incomplete and hotly argumented uh, argued over uh, information that uh, mm-hmm. that I kind of referenced earlier. Yeah, there's a, I saw a meme going around that was pointing out that the highest the countries with basically the worst responses or the the, the biggest amounts of infections uh, have been America, Russia. Uh, Brazil, they've all got strong guy leaders who deny the science, and they're all the ones who are paying the price for that in just big infection waves. There we go, 98. And how many masks are we at now, Rob? Five? Uh, four, just four. four. So maybe maybe we don't have enough masks yet. <laughs> um, I'm just, I must be doing this wrong. I must be, yeah. you know, I mean, fa- Facebook is pretty clear. 
that uh, you know there's a 40 to 60 percent reduction in oxygen when you are and Facebook is very very saying this with great confidence so uh, uh, all right let's, let's let's add another mask and see what happens um, okay. Mine has that, cat donuts. Cat donuts. Donut cat? Is it, or, yeah. Cat donut. Here we go. Now, these are the masks that have little elastic ties, and they kind of start to pull my ears, so that's why I saved these ones for last. Yeah. Because they're kind of painful to wear. But You know somebody you know, who's got a, a 3D printer? These little babies that have no particular name will save your ears. I thought they were called ear savers. That that actually is a great name for them. They're, they're, they're really, they they can actually use them. Hmm? I've heard that name, ear savers. Yeah. Yeah, because those ear loop masks. You, you're a little muffled. Yeah. Damn it! All right. I'm gonna go set my <laughs> reset my microphone sensitivity here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to hear five masks. At this point, I want to hear some uh, James Earl Jones. <laughs> okay. Is this better? Maybe it's not that much better. Can uh, you hear me now? You're still pretty muffled, but yeah, I, I, I can hear <laughs> I don't that. Think, I don't think the microphone can help with the muffledness. No, it's not. It's well, what we're, what we're fighting point. is Discord's got an automatic noise gate on it, so yeah. it waits for him to get to a certain loudness before it will let him through. Uh, you might want to just throw it all the way to the bottom. Well, that way you'll be broadcasting all the time, but it's fine. Uh, well, here we are, gentlemen. We're using technology against technology. There we go. To stop the ox. Can, can we stop the oxygen? Is Facebook right? <laughs> so far. Hashtag so far, you're, you're, you're letting me down, Internet. You're really letting me down. I have not come anywhere close to 60% hypoxia. I haven't actually even achieved 1% hypoxia. Yeah. Not even one. Not even. Internet. Yes. It hasn't even dropped one. I can't even get it. You know, it, it sort of, it kissed 97 briefly, but then just bumped <laughs> right back up to 98. And um, I'm thoroughly, I'm thoroughly disappointed. But, um, you know, <laughs> I'm still, it's possible. Oxygen might be a much larger molecule than we thought. It might not like to penetrate the the woven mash, uh, mask mesh. And we'll get there. I'm convinced we're going to get there. Although this is starting to feel like a bit of a Super Dave Osborne stunt for all you kids <laughs> from the 80s. We'll so, have to cut to a dummy of you being crushed by your mask. <laughs> mask. <laughs> head... Well, I think that we're, we're, we're getting into a range of masks now where we're measuring it in, in like pounds is not, is not entirely irrelevant now. You know, a few more of these, I might start to feel... After several hours, I might start to feel some neck pain. Mm. Might have trouble holding my head up. But um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I still appear to be getting as much oxygen as ever, which is a great disappointment. Um, <laughs> although, you know, sad, sadly, sadly, it simply just establishes standard physiology and the, the received wisdom of all these um, supposed authorities which um it's just now you're rambling I'm, I'm worrying about your oxygen levels now maybe maybe that sensor's no good <laughs> maybe this is oh, the effect oh, we maybe, get. <laughs> I, I think the sensor's pretty good you know I, I the reason i have this thing is i use it when i go flying and when you fly near ten thousand feet mm -hmm. the uh the, there's quite a bit less oxygen and a lot a little bit less, less pressure to drive oxygen 
into your blood right. even when you inhale. So you've got to measure that to make sure that you're not getting hypoxic because often when you get into early hypoxia, you don't feel any different even though you're behaving. You right. might be right. behaving quite M- Much early. like drunkenness. I'm fine. Much like drunkenness. You mean you didn't buy that gauge specifically for this show? I didn't, no, but... Uh, now I'm disappointed. I was hoping you could be able to write it yeah. off or something. Write it off against all the income that our show generates. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the $50 an episode from our primary sponsor, BC Humanist. Thank you. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Split three ways, Split 16 way. bucks. Yeah. But with but with deep, deep gratitude to our guests. <laughs> so... What are some other things that you're keeping your eye on these days, Greg, that are that you think that are important to you, that are relevant, that you kind of want to push out into the public sphere? Well, I, I've been asked quite a lot lately to uh, to give uh, uh, some guest talks about uh, how we open up uh, medical practice and, and surgeries and other things that were kind of put on the back burner in March. Um, uh, as with many other jurisdictions around the world, in Ontario, there was actually a, uh, an order from the Ministry of Health uh, to uh, to cut out unnecessary uh, visits, to cut out unnecessary surgeries, and, except in uh, life or limb-threatening emergencies. And it, now we're at the point where the first wave is definitely in the rearview mirror, and the second wave doesn't appear to be coming anytime soon. Uh, we've been looking at, you know, re-expanding uh, what exactly uh, we're doing in terms of being able to see people and, and, and provide treatments that perhaps have been on the back burner. There's definitely an issue with people who've been avoiding medical care because of fear of, of COVID. People still have it in mind that much like with SARS being spread in hospitals, which really it never was, um, but uh, you know they, they've been avoiding healthcare for that reason. And so we've been trying to come up with packages of ways to try and do things safely. And I think probably one of the neatest ones without getting too deep into the, uh, uh, into the weeds with uh, uh, in hospital infection control policy, which is very fascinating, but perhaps not for your audience. Um, We've been looking at ways to try and deliver care um, without having to be in that six-foot radius of the patient. And obviously, virtual uh, care is all the rage. Various virtual uh, uh, platforms have actually been uh, in use in medicine for at least the last 15 years. And some of them are very similar to what we're doing right now um, with uh, different levels of uh, of protection. One of the issues, of course, is that uh, in most... um, in most jurisdictions, there's very, very stringent health uh, uh, information privacy laws that mean that you can't just pop onto uh, Zoom and, and risk having somebody, you know, uh, Zoom bomb you, listening in as you describe uh, uh, your patient's genital rash to them. That would be uh, in- inappropriate. Or, or even something as simple, like even in a uh, secured setting, if we were uh, ta- talking on a secured uh, um, uh a, a virtual interface like this and we were chatting about some private issue with your healthcare, and your uh, spouse or your children or somebody who should not be hearing it wanders into the room. Uh, these are considerations that have been uh, brought into play. So there's been a number of, uh, of uh, vendors over the years that have tried to come up with uh, secured ways and, and useful ways of being able to interface virtually. Now, when we wanted to see uh, uh, Rainbow Dash on, on uh, uh, Dr. Rob's mask there, he had to lean forward uh, close enough for us to be able to get a good look. So you can imagine if uh, there was something like a rash on somebody's arm and you wanted to have a good look on a webcam like this, it's not necessarily that easy to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there has to be secondary uh, ways of getting information like that. 
and you can't just email it because again it's a privacy issue most people use free email servers like uh, gmail or outlook or what have you all of whom data mine that email you know you'll you'll send a photo of your genital rash to your doctor and the next thing you know your uh, uh your facebook feed is going to be full of ads for you know genital rash creams and sexual health clinics absolutely uh, an issue if uh, if you're trying to protect your privacy so coming up with secured ways of being able to get information back and forth has been ongoing for over a decade now but it's caught on like wildfire i've got 80 and 90 year old patients who i'm seeing in virtual uh, uh meets now who are navigating through what we last year would have very arrogantly said would have been incomprehensible to them this idea of you know video conferencing for for medical care and it's the the need has revolutionized the way we're, we're delivering care. I, uh, I work in a, a group practice with a number of other infectious disease docs that are hospital-based, and we've got one particular clinic that um, it, it runs something in the area of 200 patients a week, which is not big by some specialty standards, but by ID standards, that's a lot of patients. We have managed to get three quarters of our patients into a virtual care model where we're seeing them either virtually or right now we're also phoning them. Uh, uh, that's a temporary measure. And we've actually reduced the number of people physically coming into the hospital to see us. And that kind of thing is, is spreading far and wide. Docs who last year would have said, there's no way I can assess a patient on the computer are now doing it. And they're finding that they're actually able to get the information they need to be able to help patients with their issues um, in, in a virtual setting. So it, I, I always say crises like this are major major causes of social change. And this is one of those positive social changes that uh, was a long time coming. And I, I think uh, we probably advanced five, 10 years, uh, our use of virtual care because of this. So there's some good news out of stuff like this. Nobody can, Joe, Joe, Joe. Oh, Joe. No, nobody can hear you. The, the chat is erupting with. Sorry. You're right. I totally muted myself. Uh, everybody in Discord could hear me, but I had muted myself on this. I'm sorry. Uh, so what I was talking about, I'll, I'll very briefly catch everybody up here, was saying that uh, this has also pushed my friends past that resistance, that they're getting in onto Discord and starting to do actual like chats like this. Even though many of them were technical, they just resisted joining Discord. They're like, ah, I don't want to have another account. That was the thing I kept hearing. Uh, and now that they're pushing themselves past that, they're like loving Discord uh, they're loving being able to get together and uh, we're doing uh, we're doing like a weekly movie night is what I was uh, describing to these guys is that like we get together one of us streams a movie on discord and everybody else watches it we hang out afterwards and talk uh, it's real cool somebody's knocking at my door I think that's my neighbor uh, I will let everybody else take <laughs> keep going and I'm gonna go check my door it's your neighbor coming over and to I tell you you're muted again in case I gotta talk to them <laughs> 
All right. Okay, so we got mass number five on. It's like 10 to 8, you know. Uh, let's see how we're doing. Let's see. What does that number say? 97. Oh, 97. there it is. Drop to 98. You're in trouble 90, now, Dr. Rob. 97.87. Well, that, that one, this little number is my heart rate. But the big number is my oxygen saturation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are down. We have achieved it. We've achieved. Look at this. Oh, there's 98. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. It was a 98. 98. Okay. I'm sorry. It was at 90. Yeah, solidly 97 for a good 10 seconds. But I'm afraid we're back. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. okay. So we could argue well. that you've maybe <laughs> lost a half a percent because it keeps wobbling back and forth here. Well, there's also there's natural variability in oxygen saturation, yeah. right? Yeah. So it depends on local oxygen demand, uh, efficiency across the lungs, blah, blah, blah. How much am I talking? How much am I breathing? Mm -hmm. So this kind of bouncing around is, is completely within normal limits. But let's say that, you know, let's, let's assume the worst case scenario and that five face masks has reduced my oxygen saturation 1%. <laughs> From an A plus to an A plus, and you said that ninety two was ninety two or above is fine. So we've ninety two so above is normal, yeah. So so yeah. we would have to reduce it a total of say seven from ninety eight. So that's thirty five right. masks is uh, if if that's true. If if, if this ratio holds, thirty five yeah, masks. Yeah. <laughs> I've got time. Yeah, let's do it. Have you got thirty five masks? Just get merrily to uh, shove a I pillow have... in your face. <laughs> we could just, yeah, just rush out and find out. Starting to grow a beak. Like, you know, like, <laughs> look like Toucan Sam. Yeah. I, uh, if I get many more masks, maybe I'll start to see Toucan Sam flying around the room. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll be Toucan Sam flying around the room. I love it. Yeah. This, this is, uh, you know, our uh, our um, uh, professional forebears would have had uh, Toucan Sam-like mask back during the uh, the plagues of the 17th century, usually stuffed with herbs and, and, and the like. I'm actually very disappointed that uh, I wasn't issued one of those uh, at the uh, start of the pandemic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The plague doctor mask, the the surprisingly weird and surprisingly effective plague doctor mask. Like the, I, I can imagine that the beak literally keeps people at a reasonable social distance. They, they can't, <laughs> they can't get close. Like it, it's a mask, but also it's got to stay away on it, right? Like, <laughs> and it catches a lot of droplets, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, so yeah. here comes mask number number six. Mask number six. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Okay. Uh, now my, my ears are pulled forward to the point where I don't yeah. know if I actually have... I don't know if are I can at, hold any more masks on. Are you at max, yeah. are you at mask capacity? <laughs> I might... Uh, I might. Oh. Mask oh, okay. capacity, just, yeah. That's terrible. I'm going to yank on my yank on my ears. To just yeah, try we, we need to get you an ear saver. Who do we know who has a 3D printer in town? Well, probably not going to get one in the next five minutes. No, no. <laughs> a jumbo paperclip will also do. I can tell you from personal experience. A, a, oh, a jumbo paperclip. Yeah. Too late for tonight. Too late. <laughs> Maybe a chip clip. I that was born do. in a dog. Straight <laughs> fire. 
molded by it. You made a drop to the drop. I can't say for sure. Um, this is a more of a subjective observation. It's a it's pretty goddamn hot in here. Yeah. yeah. How's your breath? What did you have for lunch or dinner? Uh, well, you know, something vegan. I, I'd like, I vegan, yeah, but unfortunately, it was vegan pierogies and um, sausage and yeah. other garlic laden, many garlic laden yep. things. That yeah, is you learned pretty quickly that hummus is a bad idea when you're working a long shift. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't had a lot of experience with my mask, but absolutely have been, yeah, smelling what I've eaten in it and been like, it's time to pick up some breath mints for yourself, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what right. do, should we do, uh, Torn? have you got a penguin story? Because I have one if you don't. I've got a penguin story. All right. Uh, is oh, there anything before yeah. we do penguins? Does anyone want to? Yeah, was there anything? Uh, did we kind of hit everything that you wanted to address tonight, Greg? I, I think so. I want to. I want to address one last little bit of viral badness that okay. uh, uh, was circulating in the last week about masks. Uh, there was a, um, a completely apocryphal story about a young lady who developed pneumonia from wearing a mask. I think you actually referenced it when you talked about, you know, some doctor opining on the internet that a mask was going to drop her oxygen by 40%. But in addition, apparently it was going to have her breathing in her own bacteria and she therefore got a pneumonia from that. That is so uh, unarguably balderdash. It's almost impossible to really address that because it's completely bonkers. Um, you, you cannot get it's sick. Before from I started. What? Why didn't you tell me this before I started? <laughs> Well, I, I was actually kind of curious. Um, <laughs> so sorry, you can't get sick from your breathing in the uh, germs that already live in your airway. Right. You yeah. can get sick from breathing in the germs that live in your stomach and your gut. That's actually a major reason why people do get pneumonia when they're admitted to hospital for a variety of reasons. They, you know, they'll vomit and they'll have small amounts of it getting into their lungs. But breathing in your own breath is okay. not going to give you an infection. That is that is literally impossible. That makes so, sense uh, to me, but I'm glad it's confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's one of those things that came out and it was just so puzzling that anyone would even have that kind of nonsense. Most ID doctors looked at that and said, mm, I'm just not even going to engage with that one. But yeah. I felt I, I had to step up and engage. If, if Rob can put his life on the line, I can put my professional credibility <laughs> on the line for that one. So brave. Right. Absolutely. Where we will... Where we will go, where science refuses to go, <laughs> for you. That sounds like a conspiracy theory website. <laughs> so I'll put this. Uh, I'll put this link in the chat here, and uh, let's see if I can uh, share my screen. I believe in you. Share it. So live. This is the National Aquarium of New Zealand. Uh, this is this is I got a, I've got a more interesting more interesting story after this, but I just wanted to mention that uh, for one hundred and fifty dollars new one hundred fifty New Zealand dollars, uh, you and up to four virtual guests can uh, log in to the um, National Aquarium New Zealand and have uh, a fifteen to twenty minute uh, virtual penguin encounter. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, visit some burrows, have a chat with one of the penguin keepers, maybe have a chat with a penguin if you speak penguin, and um, from your computer or your phone. So that's something interesting. Mm -hmm. The penguins, you know. It's a $130 Canadian. There you go. There you go. I'm sure it supports uh, the aquarium uh, in, their, in this, in this these day, dark days of need. But my other story is uh, this one here. Uh, Penguin Colony in Antarctica reacts to this opera singer. I'll send, I'll include this link in the chat as well because, uh, here we go. And um, I guess you won't be able to hear the sound through my microphone, but it's really, it's the visual. It should play through you sharing, I think. Okay. Um, opera singer Nick Allen built an impromptu song to this penguin colony in Antarctica. Let's play and watch and see what happens. Uh, see, is is the video muted on your? Oh yeah, here we go. It's not coming yes. through. Oh, it is muted there. All right, I'll oh. start over. No, can't hear him. Oh. Oh well, they don't seem. They seem to be looking around and wondering what's. They're running away. They're running away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, like penguins feel the same <laughs> as I do about opera. <laughs> All right. Well, so there's that. Fantastic. <laughs> final test. Final saturation tech. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, lucky seven. 96. 96. 96. Ah, uh, sorry. Sorry, no, so it's 97. sorry. Coming up. There it is. It's 97. Uh, yeah, it no, looks... there's 98. Looks like the claims 98. that masks uh, reduce your oxygen are... 99? Also... 99? It looks like a 98 to... failure. It looks like a 98 to... Oh, there's a 99. Okay, oh yeah. Wow. The great one. Unbelievable. So what this... What a catastrophic... So it seems like, is this the this sixth busted? mask? The sixth mask makes there be more oxygen? <laughs> if we're using bad logic here. <laughs> Five yeah. masks slightly yeah. lower. Six masks back up higher. Mm. Let's not turn this into an internet meme, though. Please don't <laughs> wear five masks. Don't wear yeah. six masks. Just wear one. I mean, yeah, you just need the one. Especially in situations where you can't maintain distancing. We want you wearing Maybe. masks indoors, when you're shopping, on the bus, in a cab. I also wear, two, I wear three masks, two on my hands. For extra safety. I have a mask over my heart, but I've been wearing that for much longer than COVID-19 has been around. Well, there you saw it, folks. We hit a peak oxygen saturation of 99% with six masks. Yeah. So we could get to 100 if you were 12. I think so. I think that's I think what, so. what we're going to have to do. <laughs> but we might test the audience's patience beyond a reasonable <laughs> so. limit at that point. Okay. Uh, well, it's been real. It's been it has fun. been real. Thank you, everybody, for coming to watch uh, Viral Transmissions, our Mask Apocalypse episode. Uh, thanks so much to Dr. Greg Rose for joining us again. Uh, thank you, Dr. Rob Tarswell, for endangering your life. 
By yeah, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. <laughs> we, we did. Iron. We knew. We Iron. totally knew. Uh, thanks, for Torn, Iron. for making it back and for having the penguin. Uh, I'm Joe Fulgham. That's Torn Atkinson. That's Dr. Rob Tazerell. That's Dr. Greg Rose. We're Viral Transmissions. You can find us at viraltransmissions.com. We've got the web. We've got the website there. We've got a YouTube channel. These things are up on podcasts if you want to listen to the audio, which will be fun when I'm muted. Uh, and please tell your friends. Spread the word about viral transmissions, not the virus. Uh, and we will see you all next week, Sunday, 7 p.m. with the Healthcare Cheer. We're out. Thanks very much. Off, we're showing off Rob's face to see the effect of it's fine. You're fine, Rob. That was nothing. Okay. A whole hour. Okay. We're out again. Woo. <laughs>